Hello and welcome to a special episode of Business Unmuted, coming to you live from the Durham dealership of our sponsors, Virtue BMW. On the day we recorded this, we just heard the Chancellor Rishi Sunak's uh, spring statement. So I suppose with the war in Ukraine, the rocketing energy prices and the crippling cost of living compounded by the cost of Covid support, he didn't have much room for manoeuvre. Recent changes in the Bank of England interest rates, now at 0.75%, have seen the cost of servicing the government's debt increase. The £400 billion borrowed for Covid means the national debt now costs £83 billion a year. The headlines of what Rishi Sunak had to say were that national insurance did rise, the rise to pay for the NHS and social care, he said, but the rise was offset by an extension to the personal allowance, meaning 70% of workers will get back more than the higher rate takes from them. He also cut five pence off the price of a litre of fuel uh, by a fuel duty cut. He cut VAT to zero on some green energy and heating equipment. And for businesses, he increased the employment allowance for small firms, and he also promised reform of the apprenticeship levy and the tax incentives for capital spending and R&D. And there was for everyone a forward policy of a pledge to reduce income tax to below 20%, but not until 2024. So my guests today to talk about this statement are the CEO of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC, Robert Forrester, the CEO of the Teesside Freeport-based manufacturer, Wilton Engineering, Bill Scott OBE, small business advisor, Pamela Petty, who's also on the board of the Entrepreneurs Forum, and the Labour Police and Crime Commissioner for Durham, Joy Alan, and we've got an audience here at Durham uh, BMW, and we'd ask them to welcome our guests. We'll go down the panel first. But thank you for bringing us to this great dealership you've got in Durham. Um, what was your reaction to what Rishi Sunak had to say? Well, I don't think he said very much, did he, really? As you said, he had a very limited room to manoeuvre. Uh, My car needs a full tank of petrol, so I'll be waiting till after six o'clock to go and fill <laughs> it up. Um, but I think he's, he's in the eye before the storm economically. There is absolutely no question that the cost of living pressures and specifically the energy bills are going to have a massive effect both economically and politically over the next few months when they start landing and that could have quite a damaging effect on, on consumers and businesses and I think he's probably keeping his powder dry because he's got some problems. Okay, Pamela, what did you think? Yeah, I, I would agree there that um, the very little, his preamble kind of made it clear that he wasn't going to do very much um, in this statement. And there's some big things that we need to do because, you know, we've, we're moving the deck chairs around a little bit on the Titanic, I think, with this statement. It's a Titanic, we're going down, are we? <laughs> is it that if bad? We, if, we do, if we don't do something significant I think it is we've got to get this you know the balance of trade sorted out we're borrowing too much money um, and we need to get that sorted out in, in a big way we've got to make a big difference okay uh, what about you Joy you obviously watched it from maybe a different perspective from people who are in business because you run the police force and administer the police in County Durham so you're a public servant yeah. Um, obviously we serve the, the residents of County Durham in Darlington and, and from my point I think it's the worst possible tax hike um, at the worst possible time. I think we're the only country in the G7 that are actually increasing taxes, the likes of Germany, Italy and France are reducing it and I think it's really challenging uh, the, the way the energy prices are. So I think the, the five pence off duty won't do it for a lot of people that we need an awful lot more and I'm really concerned for, for the residents of County Durham and Darlington who are facing these um, unprecedented tax hikes. 
Okay, Bill Scott. Now, you're generally a positive, optimistic kind of fellow. What did you think? Positive and optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I, I, I think I uh, saw Martin Lewis on the TV the other day, and he was asked, what would you do if you were uh, the Chancellor? And his answer was he would resign. <laughs> why, would he, why would he resign? Because he hasn't got much room to, to manoeuvre. So I think from my point of view, what I was wanting to see today was some great help for those vulnerable and low-income uh, uh, people. I think that um, obviously he's, he's lifted the, the, the basic tax rate to 12,760, I think it is, which will help them. But I, I think that unfortunately with um, the increase in, in inflation, I think that's going to be wiped out. Yes, yeah, so the, the tax increase that Joy talked about isn't going to actually hit most people on average or just above average earnings, but the, there is still other noises off, aren't there? Yeah. Um, before we come back to Joy, let's ask Robert that question that Martin Lewis was asked. What would you do? Well, when you fill up your car with petrol or diesel, 50% of the cost of that goes straight to the Chancellor. And that's ridiculous, actually. And to add insult to injury, they go and then put VAT on the fuel duty. It's apparently the cheapest tax in the world to collect. And I don't think you can really intervene in domestic gas bills. I don't think that's really for the government to intervene. They've, they've made the problem, though the government arguably created the problem by having an absolutely diabolical energy policy. Um, but I think he should actually do more on fuel duty, five pence, you know. I think you get a Tesco voucher for five yeah. pence. I don't really it's think it's a bit like the 75% rise for pensioners that Gordon Brown had, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Some... Oh, yeah. Joy, what, what would you have done then? Well, I don't attend the Martin Lewis show, but Martin Lewis also said it was a fiscal punch in the face. And I don't know if I should say this, but if what I would do, I think I would have Martin Lewis as the Chancellor. <laughs> I think he has some really good advice for, every, you know, for all, all walks of life and for all, all salaries, and I think we do sort of follow him and I think he said he's just out of ideas of what he can do now because I think the challenges, particularly those vulnerable communities and individuals who were struggling before Ukraine, be struggling before these, I think I'm really, really concerned. We've seen at the, at the television recently, there's people who are working now who are going to food banks and that can't be right, not in our country. But if Martin Lewis was Chancellor, he would still have to square the circle that everyone wants more spending and the cost of the interest, the interest is £83,000 a year. And just compare that to your police budget. £83,000 a year is what? Twice the annual spending on police? I think I'd go back to, to what you said as well. I think the, an ex-BP boss has said they're just awash with money, these, these energy companies. So I think I would have had, you know, from a Labour Party policy, the windfall tax, a one-off tax to spread it out to give our you know, £600 yeah, a year. What we can't do is mess about with energy caps. I mean, that was idiocy, to be honest with you. You can't mm. intervene in markets. What we should have had is have an energy policy over 20 years where we had nuclear renewables and Thoughts. had a more balanced portfolio because yeah. we left ourselves completely exposed. Um, I'll bring Pamela in in a moment, but on energy, I know that your firm makes a lot of things for the energy supply chain, particularly you've been making things in the past for the wind farm at Dogger Bank. Yeah. What's your view on where energy policy is landing? I think that uh, I agree with what Robert just said there. You, you need a long-term solution, you know, this stop-start, up and down. You know, we've seen boom and bust. I've worked in the oil and gas industry for nearly 30 years. 
and you know you see this boom and bust situation, you know, massive increases in, 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 in oil and gas uh, and I just think that somehow they've got to come with some kind of levelling off mm. in terms of in a long term long term solution. So the long-term solution is to get the energy policy right, but the sticking plaster is this energy price cap and then also subsidies. Pamela, you, people who are on certain band of council tax are getting a small grant towards the cost of their energy and a loan, about 350 quid a year it is. But small businesses don't get that, do they? Should it maybe extend to them? Possibly. Um, we can do more for small businesses, but we do need big business as well and we shouldn't be kind of ashamed of that. I think we maybe need to do more in that and thinking about the um, how much more we import than we export and how can we balance that up. Um, should we put a tax on Chinese goods coming in so that we're actually encouraged more? What can the government do to actually... One of the um, segments of his statement today was about looking at how we can actually encourage growth in business because there was the admission that We've not got productivity right in this country yet, so how can we do that? So I think there's a and real opportunity. And capital investment, investment and cap in yes. new, yeah. new bits of kit and so on. Uh, research and development, there is money being spent on that, but it isn't actually making its way back through and we're not seeing the benefits of it. So I think there needs to be some real work done around that so that we can actually improve you know, the, the, the wider economy and actually, you know, if it was a business, how can we make more money? Yeah. Joy, what Pamela is saying really is tariffs mm. and a little bit of protectionism. Now, it's a bit of a, sometimes if you go down a protectionist route, you can't stop, but particularly the Chinese and Asian uh, markets deliver things like the shirt on your back at tiny amounts of money. Should we maybe have some tariffs, even if it were to raise money? Well, I think I'm, I'm like a Pamela. I think I'm proud to be British. I remember, you know, I'm, I'm old enough now to remember Marks and Spencers with Made in Great Britain mm -hmm. uh, label. They were very proud of that, and I think that's something that we need to get back to um, as, a, as a country, as, as the UK, um, to, to build more, to buy more, to sell more British, and let us be proud. I don't mind paying when we can afford to pay more, it's like, not mend and do, but it's, it's buying and make and do rather than buying cheap. And Pam important things, as, as Pamela said, I think that's false economy because those um, ships that have the uh, transporters is the most damaging thing to the environment that you can have. So I think people need to see that and I think that's a bit where it is false economy. We should be proud of what we do and what the country was built on um, and, and made in Great Britain. Now, we've got three people on the panel in business, but Bill makes things that are large engineering projects. Pamela has also established a line when she was working at EBAC that makes washing machines in this country. And Robert, you sell all sorts of products from different markets. Where do you stand on this import-export issue, the balance of trade? Well, in fairness, after Brexit, we've got a lot more ability to do things like that. And that was one of the, one of the benefits of Brexit. We can actually have a trade policy. Um, I prefer to go down that route actually than some idea that every time there's a problem the government's got to produce the money and bail everybody out. You've given the debt figures, the government hasn't got any money. The mm. government's borrowed a lot of money during the, pro during the Covid process, for good reasons actually. Um, so we've got limited manoeuvre. Um, generally I'd prefer to have free trade but 
at the moment, I think the government's so strapped for cash, going to have to look for cash when it can get it. And going to hit consumers and business in the UK is probably not a great idea. Though, of course, you put tariffs on Chinese goods, you've got inflation, you've got higher cost mm, of living. Yeah. So it's not an easy choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Bill had a different approach to this, because a couple of years ago you lobbied the government, and I was, full disclosure, I was involved in helping you on this, to say that when the government is spending our taxpayers' money, uh, for instance, in building the Dogger Bank wind farm, which yes, is on yeah. government seabed, mm -hmm. uh, you wanted the UK supply chain to be involved. What was the reaction to that, and do you think you've got anywhere? That was probably about maybe two or three years ago, but we've lobbied government sort of constantly about UK content. Now, what we're trying to say is, you know, not everything can be, can be UK content. You have to be competitive, you know, but when you look at uh, a project like Dogger Bank, the project that we'd quoted was around about 300 million, right? Now, it, it went to the, the, the company in Belgium and a company in, in, uh, in uh, Holland. Now, the difference in, in price is about 10, 15 million out of 300 million. What I'm trying to say is that, well, you know, how do we as an engineering company uh, uh, thrive and survive? How do we take our apprentices and give them something to do and then actually spend that money on, on educating people to, 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 for the next generation. Without that work, we can't do it. You know, so it's really, really important. Now, it didn't work. They missed the boat very, very slightly. And but now they are pushing, the government are pushing for that UK content. My fear is, unfortunately, when you look at all the companies that have gone bust over the last few years, Cleveland Bridge, OSB have left out from, from, from Teesside, MFL, you know, there's, there's a number of fabricants here not yeah. here anymore. The, the, where's the capacity now? So what people are turning around now are going, hell's teeth, where is the capacity? Yeah. You know. Okay, now let's come back to this, the statement before we wrap. Now, Joy, you've said a few things about what you'd like to do, particularly this windfall tax. Now, the windfall tax would only have brought in £1.2 billion. Pounds. Only. And you, I say only. <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but against £83 billion, yeah. it's not going to do yeah. the job, is it? And what is going to happen is some of these energy companies won't have the money to invest in some of the projects that Bill's yeah. talking about. Personally, I think what we've said today, it's absolutely fantastic having a, a, such a, di a, a diverse demographic. As Police and Crime Commission, one of the things that I've done is we, we've, we, we're building a £20 million investigative hub in Spennymoor. Mm -hmm. um, so I came in from the local authority and said, I want social value. I want the money that's been spent on that £20 million project in the North East. And Turner Townsend had said, if we hadn't have put social value mm -hmm. and um, what we wanted in the contract, we could have got about one to two million out of it. Yeah. What it's turned out, nine to 12 million is more likely to be spent in the northeast mm. just by simply putting it into the contract. So I think more people like us, you yeah. think, oh, well, what's the police got to do with the local economy? We, that's one of our biggest investments. And I want to see jobs created. I want to see people who've been long-term unemployed. That's part of the social value. So on a positive note, I think we need to work together to bring as much investment into the northeast. You know, it is a national issue, but we're about the northeast. One of the good things, actually, economically at the moment is we've got relatively low unemployment. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is a big positive. I mean, we've got 400 vacancies in our business. Our industry's got 28,000 vacancies and it's actually difficult to recruit people. So that is an economic positive, at least got people in work. Yeah. And the people who are in work 
have got disposable income, household savings, if you are in work, are higher than... There's a bit of resilience. Uh, now, Pamela, when it comes to the businesses that are members of the Entrepreneurs Forum, you have to have a certain mindset to be in business, don't you? And some of the stuff we're talking about is just like a sea captain complaining about the weather at sea, isn't it? <laughs> of course it is. You've got to be resilient in business. You've got to be able to get up when you get knocked down and, and get on with it. And the government need to do that. They need to, first of all, accept that there are perhaps some changes that we've got to make, something a little bit more significant than, than we've talked about this morning. Um, and then get on and do it, you know, mm. and, and in a way that brings the rest of us along with it. You know, good leadership, a good, good plan, good vision, some good leadership, good values is the way to take the country forward. I'm going to give the last word to the two larger businesses today because I want to ask you about investment. Rishi Sunak said in his uh, statement that the country is under-investing. Uh, that might be plant and equipment. Now, actually, here we are in a brilliant new showroom, Robert, and I know that your business has invested a lot of money, and Bill, you have also invested. What are the ingredients that would cause you to continue investing? Does it need a tax incentive from the government, or does it just need an economy where there's more confidence? Yeah, it certainly doesn't need government money. Government is not the answer to a free market economy. Um, it has to do certain things, it has to provide the environment in which business can thrive and provide employment. What we need is reduced inflation, low interest rates, high employment so people have consumer spending and stability. What business needs is visibility and stability. What we've had for quite a lot of years is volatility. Mm. Not the government's fault actually, 90% of the volatility, but the investment horizon has to be very clear when you're making a decision. You know, we're looking at building a lot of new dealerships at the moment, buying land, building dealerships, creating jobs. What are the impediments to that? Visibility on where the consumer is. And also construction costs are up 20%, which then makes the investment returns more difficult. So I think we just need stability, politically and economically. And, and Bill, that is missing. Your investment is a different type of investment. You heard Robert talking about property, although you have a site at the new Freeport, so there is a bit of property. But what, what, what convinces you that, that you need to go and invest? In, what, what, what is the essential ingredient? Is it the government or is it just the free market? No, it, you can't rely on government to do that. It's not, it's not their job to do that, is it? You know, it's, the, it's each individual company's got to look at where you are at the moment, where do you want to be, have a vision, sit down, work out where that five, ten year plan is and go for it. You know, work out what, what it's going to cost. You know, we've just invested quite a significant amount of money. We've moved, our facility now is 112 acres. Um, you know, we've got some great plans. Our biggest problem at the moment is we can't get the people. You know, we, we need to be, you know, we could do with 100 people right now. Um, you know, we've got some really big plans to build some huge, can't tell you otherwise I've got to kill you stuff. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, but, you know, it, it, it's not about government, it's about the businesses. You know, I mean, right at the moment, everything's going up, you know. It, it, as soon as you put diesel up, you know, transport, containers, all that mm. type of stuff, everything goes up. And, but you just got to look at the look at the long-term plan again, mm. you know, and, and and just go go with your go with your instinct. Is that when we started this? And I think Pamela and Robert both said that there wasn't a lot in this statement. Perhaps that's right. Maybe we didn't need a lot of razzle dazzle. Or maybe some of the points Joy made probably needed addressing in some other way. But the razzle dazzle of lots of rabbits from the hat. Maybe we just need to be steady as we go. For me, it just goes back to the people that haven't got 
haven't got it. You know, it's protect them because we're going to see more and more who are, uh, are basically socially outcasted. You know, people losing their homes and things like that. That's what they should be protecting. You know, people in in in, in middle management jobs. You know, I think they'll, they'll they will get through it. But it's those who haven't got it that are going to struggle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, can we thank our panel today? Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back in the studio next week for another Business Unmuted.